Do you feel that in a time when we are more connected than ever, we are drifting away from real human connection, especially to ourselves? I do. Hi, I'm Leticia Latino, and I want to invite you to join me and my very inspiring guests in exploring ways to reconnect to your essence, to your definite purpose, to what makes you tick. Are you ready? Hello all and welcome to a new episode of Back to Basics, Reconnecting to the Essence of You. Kate Hartsong is the empowering and life-enhancing author of the books Humanity's Cry for Change and Deeply We Are One. She's also a confidence coach, a workshop facilitator, public speaker, and writing master. For over 20 years, Kate has been receiving profound insights while meditating. She's on a mission to help others to do the same. Hello, Kate. Welcome to Back to Basics. Oh, thank you, Letitia. So wonderful to be here. Thank you. Well, I am very happy to have you here. I don't think I've ever read in the introduction to have a confidence coach. I'm sure that a lot of the coaches in, in, in part are coaches because they want to instill more confidence. So I'm very excited about this conversation. Yeah. So, Kate, just because it's a tradition on the show, can you share with us a little bit of the origin story, your origin story? Where are you from? And most importantly, you know, a little bit about your own bringing. What were you passionate about? Did you have an interest in any form of uh, spirituality or meditation or any of the things you ended up doing as an adult? I'm always very curious about that part of the journey. Oh, yes, yes. Well... I do have quite a story, uh, as we all do. Yes. (laughs) I was actually born in South Africa. Okay. My uh, father, I'll just be brief. Um, My father escaped the Nazis in World War II. Oh, my God. I just be brief. I want to have a podcast only on that. That's, well, good for your dad. Wow. What a beginning. It was a a miracle he was able to go there. And then my mom was German. And... She was invited by the family she was working for as a nanny and as a housekeeper, invited to go to South Africa. So my parents met there. Oh, my God. That, that, that's <laughs> really ironic, right? That your dad was running from the Nazis and then she falls in love with Isn't someone that, that not all the Germans are like that. But obviously, it's something that originated in that. That's pretty ironic. Did he, do, you think he, do you think he ever struggled with that? This is going off topic, but I'm curious. <laughs> well, in fact, uh, you know, Letitia, sadly, my father had a mental illness and it really greatly affect, affected him. And he put it towards my mom quite a bit. Mm. And that had a big ripple effect to the two sisters and myself. The dynamics were not good. So I, I actually did grow up in a, a very traumatic childhood. And, and yet that is such a blessing because it has led me to be the very passionate person and, and compassionate person and coach as I am today. I don't think I would have had the, the, the depth of passion around supporting and serving others as I do now, if I hadn't gone through the experiences. Um, as you probably know, there's just so much that we gain and can learn from from our childhood. But thankfully, I was able to transcend so much of that. You know, I had a lot of shame and 
low self-confidence. I had thought uh, something was terribly wrong with me. And in fact, between the dynamics with my parents, I also fell out of the window when I was two years old. Oh, my God. A very active toddler. But as a result of falling out of a, oh, about a story and a half high window, I lost a lot of my hearing at the age of two. So I had a lot of feelings that something was wrong with me, a lot of shame. But fortunately, you know, in my 20s, I knew I had to make a change in my life. And I took the bull by the horns. I took a lot of personal development classes. I had therapy. I built myself up into having the confidence and and the self-esteem that I have today, which is why I call myself the confidence coach, because I do know what it was like back then. And know that it's possible to transcend and to have a higher self-esteem and having more confidence in my, ourselves. Wow, so. that's, uh, <laughs> that's beautiful. I think, um, you know, when I'm writing, you know that it's something that it's my own learning. But when you say, I built myself up, that's really powerful. Because I think that anybody listening to this that is going through a dark time to a time where everything seems desperate, nothing goes your way because we all have had those moments. Absolutely. And you feel like there's nothing you can do. I always say, I I talk to so many people that it's almost like it's game over and you're only like 40 and they're talking like it's done. I never did that. I wish this, you know, was different. (laughs) And, you know, you listen, this is the reason why I get so excited about my podcast guests. If you hear someone who had a, tough childhood, you, even your dad, I can imagine, I mean, how can anybody in his own demons and his own mental state, how can anybody uh, be upset, really upset if you try to understand what he went through? Yes, yes. And it's almost like you cannot even be mad at that because he had a very good reason why to have those struggles. But that doesn't, you know, mean that, you know, it's a little sad that you didn't get to have a normal childhood you know, because you had to deal with that. But then you take ownership and you say, I built myself that that I love, that I love. And I know this episode is, you know, is part of what you do. So it's very appropriate to say, okay, you were building yourself. Did you always knew that you, that's what you wanted to do, or you took a different path in your career and then you came back to this? (laughs) Share a little bit of that, if you will. (laughs) Oh, I laugh. I never actually saw myself doing what I'm doing today. Mm-hmm. Growing up, not really knowing what I wanted, but when I did go to college, I got a psychology degree. I think it was to better understand my father and the dynamics of the family. But, you know, I I never really got a job as a in a psychology field. I found myself working uh, in finance and accounting and discovered I had a, a real knack for analysis and mm-hmm. I I did really well with it. Uh, well, that's I incredible. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're really the perfect guest, let me tell you, Kate, <laughs> because you have an incredible empowering childhood story and then you tell him, you know, yeah, I pursue one career, but then I was really good <laughs> at, at something completely opposite from what you study. <laughs> <laughs> so this is great. I, I, I'm excited already. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Yes, yes. It it surprised me too, actually. 
But I, I did get an accounting degree while my kids were really small. I was married at the time. Mm-hmm. And I did accounting full-time probably about 20-some years. And then about mm, maybe three years prior to leaving that, I had this gut feeling that I needed to do something else. And I love working with people. So I started creating my own meditation workshops, confidence building workshops. And I found I had a knack for that. Hmm. But oh, I did not want to leave the uh, predictable paycheck. (laughs) And that's something also that I know a lot of people are going (laughs) to resonate with. A lot of people out there, they don't want to say, oh, I want to build and make money before I take any risks. (laughs) Exactly. I was so there. I was so, I was really scared. And what am I going to do? How am I going to pay my bills? But you know, one of the things I love about your podcast, Letitia, is how you share about this importance of being the essence of who we really are and how important it is to listen to the inner guidance. Our inner guidance will always take us to where we need to go. And uh, if we don't listen, the universe does it for us. I ended up getting laid off from that accounting job because I did not listen to my intuition. And I ended up becoming a certified life coach. And um, for the most part, I've been doing that ever since. Probably been about 12 years. That is incredible. I'm grateful to say I've been able to pay my bills. So um, it really is possible. The key I have come to believe is we really are taken care of if we can trust and listen to that inner guidance. Mm -hmm. And that can really bring us to the essence of who we really are. Mm-hmm. I know that from my experience. So I was very grateful to go uh, change my career and transition into this as an author and also life coach and I, a financial coach. I <laughs> love it. And and you have, you can tell when people are aligned with what they're meant to do yeah. that I, I can okay. see it through the Zoom and I can see it through your voice yeah. that you're aligned with with really with your with your purpose. And that is so exciting. And I'm glad you mentioned that, that, you know, I had a gut feeling and you kept talking and said, I'm going to go back to that because I know that's where most of us have the issue, which either we kind of know, but we don't know. And people say, how do you know? And um, Carolyn Mines, they call, she calls it the intuitive hit. And I love how she describes it. She say, every time you have an intuitive hit, yeah. Just pay attention. And so in yeah. your case, you say, I've, I had a gut feeling that I wanted to do something. Is there anything particular that when you know when those gut feelings, when that intuition shows up, does it show up in a particular way? I know mine show up in butterflies. Like if I talk something and oh, I get that, I get that. Sweet. Yes, I get it in my stomach like butterflies. And also I get an urge, like I want to get doing it right away. Like if I'm doing something yeah. else, I want to just stop whatever I'm doing. and say, let me research <laughs> this. I know that's my intuitive hit. Yeah. What's yours? Mine is really just a knowing and, and sort of a nagging sometimes because I didn't listen. <laughs> I would also say... For me, and I think this is so true for most everyone, getting an intuitive hit also means if if we hear some words being shared with us, or perhaps during meditation, the words are always going to be kind and not pushy. But if it's ego or if it's the uh, if it is not our intuition, it could be ego and it's going to be pushy, it's going to be demanding. 
there was really uh, that difference between the tone. And so for myself, I've experienced um, a lot of the internal guidance. I've been blessed also with the gift of when I'm meditating, I receive inspiration. And so I do what I I call automatic writing. Mm -hmm. I have a pen and paper and I just write down what I'm being guided to do or just some gentle reminders in my life. Back then, when I was being guided to quit my job as an accountant, <laughs> the the guidance was more of a, a kind of a, well, two things really. One was the physical feeling of not being happy at all with my job. You know, the feeling, Letitia, of, you know, you kind of dread going into, well, maybe you don't know this now, but I think all of us have gone through not being happy going into our job and not being enjoyed, like you said earlier, alignment. And I was not in alignment anymore with that work. And then the other one was that just knowing. For me, it was just a knowing. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, I, I, I must say that uh, I, although I work in the family business, been in the same industry, this podcast exists because oh. I felt the need to integrate something Mm. like this into my life that didn't mean for me that I wasn't completely happy in my job and my industry, but I felt I need to connect with other human beings that, that are on my same path. And I want those conversations to be available for anybody who have the intuitive hit and say, let me check out this podcast and they find it. And hopefully that it's helpful, but even to see how everything is working, even in my job. And I, and I said it many times, I don't make money out of the podcast. I don't do it for work. I don't interview people in my industry and people don't understand this. They get mad. It's like, why don't you interview (laughs) this person and say, no, because that's not why I created the podcast. A lot of people create podcasts. I don't mind. It's a great promotion tool to push their business, but that's not what I, why I did it. And so I I remain honest and authentic about my why. And if I start interviewing that kind of people, then I'm changing the essence of my podcast. And and so that I just wanted to share that because I think it's also sometimes not about not being a hundred percent happy with what you're doing. Like for example, a doctor, you know, that's their calling, but I'm sure after years and years and years, they Mm. also get a little bit like, dragging and not complete and there are uh-huh. other things they can be into their lives to re-spark enthusiasm oh, very well said i love that and i love what you said it reminds me that i think many of us have different um components or aspects or joys hobbies all of us enjoy different things and all of us have many gifts and skills in so many different things so you're honoring yourself. And I love that you, it's so important that we honor ourselves. And you're doing this by doing the podcast. You're still keeping with your work. I'm doing this now because I love it. And yes, you can feel my energy around the, I I just love supporting people knowing that they can really, really live in their essence. It's really, really possible. But I think it requires us getting to know ourselves well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the honor that we have other, sometimes other interests in mind as well. And sometimes we can do several things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So I know in the work you do, you help people 
becoming aware of their own energy vibration. And I think this is one of your message also in your books. Like do you, you say by knowing what your energy vibration is, you can improve your life and your humanity. Can you share a little bit about that with us? Oh, yes, Letitia. And that's a great point. It's so good for each of us to realize there's different vibrations and the higher vibrations are really feel good. They're joy, respect, kindness, love, harmony, peace. And when we can live in our lives more in that place, we feel better. And the more we feel better, the more we can really offer our gifts and skills and and even be more of service to others. So it does it does help us if we can be aware of ourselves and be in a place of mindfulness. And then, then, of course, all of us have our ups and downs, me included, where we've had times of low and lower vibrational energies of anger or jealousy or anxiety or upset or nervous worry. And that indicates to us, well, something's happening. And actually, it's an invitation for us to look at, well, what is about this situation that's making me nervous? Or what is it about this person that makes me feel very incompetent? This is where, and you mentioned it earlier so beautifully, self-responsibility. If we're willing to take that self-responsibility and do our inner work, we can actually work through those lower vibrational energies and more consistently live in a higher vibration. And that doesn't mean that we're never going to have upsets in the future, but it means that, yes, we're aware, we're taking self-responsibility, and there's lots of tools and exercises to bring us back up and to raise our vibration. And in my book, yeah, Humanity's Cry for Change, talks about and offers some exercises on that very thing, among other things. It's just important to be in tune and self-aware. Mm-hmm. So, like I've recently created a habit of uh, once or twice a day, although some days I forget, mm-hmm. but more days than not, I'm remembering to kind of stop and pause during my busy day and check in. How am I doing? How do I feel? Am I stressed? If so, what can I do to get myself back to center and a higher vibration so I can be even more aligned? I I hope that makes sense. Absolutely. And I'm sure I'm so happy you shared that because I, I say one of the gifts that COVID gave me is that I created finally meditation practice that I wanted to try. I had tried, I had done it, but I couldn't stick with it. And so, you know, the fact that we had that opportunity to, you know, I there was in community in the mornings. I was so I was able to, although my life with two little ones at home was very crazy. But in any case, yeah. I was able to stick with it. And and you know, it's incredible because what you just said, and you're a confidence coach and you're a meditator, long time meditator, and you said, Well, in those days that I forget. You know, and so I think this is important for people to realize is that it's not like you become a meditator and people think these people meditate for hours and hours and they do it every day and they never miss a day. No, it's like you have tools in a toolbox 
And you exactly. learn to be aware when you need to bring the tool out of the toolbox and recenter, yeah. just as you said, and, and really have that available to you so that when, you know, the time comes, you know how you can uh, deal with it. And I love that because I think a lot of people have this idea that the meditators and people on that path, they don't miss a day. They're super strict with themselves. And it's not at all like that. That's true. Yeah, that's well said. It's a good reminder for people to know it's not like you have to meditate mm-hmm. hours or you have to do a daily practice every single time to have a little bit of forgiveness. I mean, yes, we want to stay and be consistent with our practices. And yes, we want tools. But I think you bring up a good point. Let's not beat our, well, yeah, let's not beat ourselves up if we missed something one day. Exactly. Just go back on track. You know, like I I can tell when I don't meditate, uh, the day is a little bit off. So it's very rare that I miss a day of meditation. But uh, when I do, it's like, well, I'm just going to make the best of it and get back on track and not beat myself up. Gosh, when I was a kid, I used to beat myself up all the time. And I tell my clients, you know, please be aware of your self-talk. Self-talk is so important. And and again, try not to beat yourself up for, uh, well... (laughs) Don't beat yourself up for beating yourself up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> and yeah. So, yeah, I think it's just important to to be as consistent as possible, but also be gracious with yourself. That's what I find. That is great, great advice. And I know you mentioned something about, you know, the the evolutionary path. And I know that in your books, you also dwelled on that. And of course, we... We just went, well, we're still going in ways with COVID, but, you know, all these change and transitions that we are going through as humanity. I know I know that somewhere I read something that you talk about, which is what does humanity current evolutionary leap have to do with the age of Aquarius? And I know nothing about oh. that. Tell me about the age of Aquarius. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. The age of Aquarius is an age where... Humanity and individuals are going to be much more in a place of kindness, respect, harmony, recognizing that all life is precious, uh, love, peace. I know it sounds a little corny, but really it's all about love and peace Mm. and harmony. And what about what would it feel like in our world if we were living where everyone is treating each other with respect? And that we know we're all precious. And then there's also the uh, concept of that we're all interconnected. And when we recognize we're interconnected, we can better realize that what we do to another, we also do to ourselves. And what we do to ourselves, we do to another. And this age of Aquarius is such a beautiful, hopeful promise for the planet And we're just in the middle of the evolution from the old age of Pisces. And this is the age of competition and aggression and male dominance and men thinking that they are better than women and thinking that everyone is separate. Those are some of the characteristics of the age of Pisces. But humanity and also Mother Earth, just by the very nature of life, goes through from time to time an evolution. 
And we happen to be right smack in the midst of the transition between the old age of Pisces, transitioning and transforming into the new age of Aquarius. We just don't immediately get into this new age. In order to get into the new age, the old has to be taken away. The old has to be seen, looked at, and healed in order for it to then be transmuted. Mm. And actually, this all boils down to energy. Everything is really energy. So when the old paradigms that no longer work, like the financial markets or the concept of separateness or the economies, they are crumbling and they need to be dissolved in order for the new to come. It's like the springtime, like we're here in the springtime with the leaves in the fall, they fell to make room for the new leaves in the spring. So this is true for our individual selves as well as all of us collectively. That's so the that's incredible. evolution and humanity. Yeah. Anyway, I could go on. No, I, I love it. I love it. I think this is very oh. important because, uh, you know, anybody that maybe is listening to this and say, I don't see that. Like, I think if if we are aware of what's going on around and even in conversation, you think everything is so different. How many times in business and it's like it's not like the good old times, like people for whatever reason, they already feel that there was a before and there's an after in, yes. in how we live in. Like that, that's true. Yes, yes, that we feel because we're always comparing and it's true that human beings, we always compare. So that's part of who we are. <laughs> but I think really, in all honesty, as you say, you, you describe your father escaping the Nazi. I know my dad was eight when uh, the Americans invaded his town in Sicily to liberate and, and, and you know, uh, oh, resolve wow. the war. So, and thank God my dad is still alive. So I still get stories from them and we still get stories. There are people out there that live that such a different world. Uh, my dad went to Venezuela by ship the first time around. Now he goes back and forth by plane. This yeah, generation yeah. did not experience oh. internet or the phone you know, yeah. when they first went to Venezuela, they would write letters back to Italy. So just in that generation, the changes that have been, and this is right, wow. you know, it's not that far away from us. It's impossible to believe that we are living in the same evolutionary time, as, as you yeah. very well described. And absolutely. And just the awareness that even the fact that as we're taping these, there's still, you know, this terrible situation with Ukraine and Russia and that we're all watching it as it happens. And most yeah. of the world is in agreement that this is craziness right. and yet it's still yeah. happening in front of our eyes. Yeah. Yes. And so when you mention about it has to dissolve, the old has to dissolve, we can see how it's right now happening. Like we need yeah. this situation to dissolve somehow and maybe we're waiting for it to dissolve and we pray that it does, but it's still there. Yes. And so it's. Uh, I think still there was there. a lot of wisdom in, in that. So when, when people doubt, how do you deal with people? I, this is something I doubt myself. It's like you think that anything we can do will not make a difference to make a world a better place. So... As a confidence coach and a coach and someone with so much wisdom, how what would you say to any of us that say, you know, I don't think whatever I do will make a difference or will make a dent into what's happening? It's powerful to know that individual people do make a difference. And although 
we don't see that we're making a difference for all of humanity. Think of it this way. I'm so passionate about this, and and I know this to be truth. When I make a positive difference to one other person, maybe a smile in the grocery store line, or I'm helping a friend who's going through grieving, or however way, working for a volunteer, whatever, we are doing good and we're being of service. We feel good. The person receiving feels good. Now, because everything is energy, quantum physics has proved everything is energy. Whatever I put out, and when I'm helping and I'm being of service, it actually goes not only to the person I'm serving, but it goes to the collective consciousness. Now, I'm going to say something that's a little shocking, but I'm going to follow it with something profound. I love it. Thank I'm you. ready with my pen um, to write. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it has been said that the reason there's so much war on the planet is because there's so many. Most people have war within themselves. We have conflicts. We fight with ourselves. We are unhappy. We don't feel good about ourselves. This actually gets pictured outside of us. And so this is really part of the reason why there is so much war and conflict, etc., on the planet. But the great news is this, and I, I am so hopeful about this. This is why I'm so positive. I am totally hopeful, and I know through this evolutionary change right now that we're going through, that it is awakening so many people to make positive change. For example, what you did, how beautiful. You got yourself into a habit of meditation from the pandemic. Many of us received gifts from the pandemic. Not easy. It's hard to go through, but we are making positive change. So imagine if a million or a billion people on the planet are taking change, uh, making change for themselves. Um, they're doing good for themselves. They're healing. They're feeling better. They're in a higher vibration. Imagine this is going to continue adding to the collective consciousness and make positive change in the world. And there's a wonderful concept called the hundredth monkey effect. Okay. And this is from the 1950s. Some scientists were, if I, can I share the story? Really Absolutely. Briefly? Yes. Scientists. Oh, it's just remarkable. Scientists in Japan were working with these monkeys and giving them little fruit that was covered with sand. And the monkeys didn't know at first what to do, but then they, one monkey started realizing it can wash it off and have access to eating the fruit. Hmm. And so in on that specific island, more monkeys did that. Well, what's really fascinating is off, um, I don't remember how many miles, but many miles away, probably a hundred or more miles, another island, these same monkeys started doing the very same thing with washing the fruit, but they could not see and they were not modeled. Oh, wow. And they call this the hundredth monkey effect because when a critical mass is reached, <laughs> mm -hmm. then it shifts the energy. 
And so those monkeys did the same thing as those other monkeys. Wow. And the same is happening on the planet. More and more people are awakening so that we're going to go through some really positive changes. It's going to take many years. I don't know how long. And unfortunately, yes, this experience of the Ukraine and Russia war is is horrific. And it's definitely bringing such tragedies to so many people's lives. And yet I do know that there is a higher purpose for this war. I don't know what it is, but I do know, and others will say this, there there are reasons why things happen. And I think from uh, my personal perspective, I believe this is part of the cleansing, part of the evolutionary leap that we are going through right now, where the old needs to come to the surface so that we can look at it and it can be healed. One brief example is the the tragedy of 9-11. It was horrible. So many people's lives needlessly died. And yet, you know that it opened our, up so many people's hearts. And there was so much love and compassion that was given. And energetically, it adds to the collective consciousness and all the open hearts that were given to the neighbors of those and victims. Or there's several nonprofits that were started as a result of that tragedy. So I hope I'm making sense. I'm not. Absolutely. I think it's. Yeah. 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 It's not that it's not tragic. It is. It's so painful. But through pain, we we change. And everybody that has kids knows that. (laughs) Any woman in the world knows that, right? Because the whole process of giving birth, if you think about it, it's a painful one, right? But then the most beautiful thing comes. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Right? It's it's true. But I I love how you said that uh, things have to come to the surface for us to become aware, fully aware. And then nobody can really say, well, Nobody can argue with facts and with truth. And so I think that it it has to be one last thing where we know for a fact this is happening. We cannot avoid, you know, to see. And, uh, and, you know, and it's sad, but I'll give this example. But, you know, we, if we remember Oscar night, we, we advocate for violence, for, you know, non-violence. And 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 I like Will Smith and I think he just lost his temper and I'm not going to judge what he did or not did. But something happened in the eyes of the world. This is human behavior yeah. when everybody's watching. Yeah. And that has to lead you to think, how do we behave when other people are not watching? Yes. Right? If this is Absolutely. what we're capable of when we know that everybody's there, then yeah. we have to really understand that the driver on the human capacity is so strong that it's mm-hmm. so hard to control. Yes. <laughs> right. So, well said. yeah, we all have to do extra work because we have something within us that justified or unjustified can lead us to certain behaviors. Um, Absolutely. That, that, as you said very well, too, would put you in a lower energy and vibration. Yeah. Right. So that's well explained. So, Kate, as we reach the end of the interview, oh. is there anything exciting, any project you want to highlight 
anything, you know, oh. you, I give my audience an open microphone. Any place do you want to send the audience to to learn more about you? Although it will all be in the show notes, but anything that you're excited about. Oh, thank you. Well, I do want to direct your audience. If you're interested in getting more uplifting information and hope, because there really is a lot of hope, go to my website, joyfulradiance.com, J-O-Y-F-U-L-R-A-D-I-A-N-C-E, joyfulradiance.com, and go to the blog tab. And there's lots of articles. And if you want to be part of my monthly e-newsletter, just opt in and you'll get two free heartwarming meditations. Oh, great. Yes. And then I, I do want to offer your audience, if they're interested, I'm offering a special uh, savings on my coaching. Oh. It's only $44 a session. Uh, I've greatly reduced this because so many people are going through so much with the pandemic and finances. And I truly want to be of service. And so I'm lowering the uh, session rates. So feel free to check out my website again and contact me. I'm offering this for your audience. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I know how important it is to build confidence. But I also work around other areas of life as well. And I do a guarantee on my coaching, by the way. Awesome. Well, I can see that you're awesome. And I'm sure that anybody that wants to just have a chat and get that energy and confidence boost, that you will be a great, great, great um, alternative. And uh, as we close the interview, anything else that makes you tick besides meditating and being on Sam? I mean, you you name so many things that I already know that (laughs) makes you tick. Anything else that when you need that reconnection that you go to? What makes me tick is to follow my guidance and do what I love doing. Uh, Another thing I love is being an author. And I'll be very brief. I meant to mention that if people want to learn how to better navigate these uncertain times and learn more about the shift, check out my book, Humanity's Cry for Change. And you can get that on my website as well. And so what makes me tick is to be in alignment with what I love doing. And I love being of service. I really love to help people to know they really truly are brilliant and they are great. And there really is every reason to know that they can and should tap into their greatness. Because I know this is true about every single person in your audience. Oh, that's great. That is amazing. And I thank you, Kate for your time and uh, and for being part of Back to Basics and, and, and for sharing all that amazing wisdom with all of us. Thank you so much. Oh, it is such a joy and privilege. Thank you so much. And I wish you and everyone just the very best. Thank you, Kate. Thank you. Until the next time, everybody. You've been listening to Back to Basics. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. If you haven't yet, subscribe Rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or any of your favorite streaming platforms. This is the best gift you can give us. Join me next week for another Back to Basics conversation. And if you want to find out about other exciting things I'm working on, visit LeticiaLatino.com. Thank you and until the next time.